Welcome to the Rooted Business Podcast. I'm Rachel, your intentional marketing architect. I'm Jess, your systems and ops guru. This podcast will talk through our experiences as seasoned business owners, open up about our triumphs and challenges. We'll share candid conversations and invaluable insights to help you establish a business that stands the test of time. Together, we've navigated the ups and downs of running a successful online business, and we know firsthand the importance of finding harmony in your hustle. Each episode will dive deep into the inner workings of your business operations and marketing strategies while we peel back the layers to reveal actionable advice and practical tips that you can implement right away. We won't stop there. We believe that true success goes beyond profits and the growth charts. That's why we'll explore the critical role of wellness and mindset in your entrepreneurial journey. Because burnout is a real threat and we're here to help you avoid that. Together, we'll uncover the strategies and practices that prioritize your well-being, ensuring you have the energy and resilience to thrive in the long run. Join us as we delve into intentional business growth, sharing personal stories, lessons learned, and expert advice that will empower you to make informed decisions to grow your business. So if you're ready to harmonize your hustle and create a business that thrives while honoring your inner balance, don't miss out on The Rooted Business. Subscribe now and embark on this transformative journey with us. So is it just me or is it so funny how you change one part of your computer setup and you feel like a complete toddler, like you don't know <laughs> stuff anymore that's me yeah I got this new webcam and I went from having to like have client calls over there on the other screen to here but now it's like everything I do I like I don't know how to do it anymore I have to retrain myself and I feel like a fumbling little person trying to figure it out (laughs) With your fancy AI tracking webcam. (laughs) I'm going to not raise my hands because then he'll start tracking me. uh. Yeah, that's the main reason why I can't have that because I would 100% like zoom over here. (laughs) Yeah, and then if I like do it on a client call and he decides to go that way, you're going to see all the mess that I've hidden from the back. That is true. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's get into the episode. So uh, what are we talking about today? All right, today we are talking about getting to the root cause of your business problems or your business woes. I think really part of being an intentional business owner is like not trying to just take things surface level and we want to go deeper. So today we're talking about how to get to the root cause of our business problems. If you're anything like me, when you were just starting out, you thought that your biggest problem as business owner was just getting clients, or at least Mm. that's the lie that I kept telling myself that as soon as I'm able to magnetically attract all the clients that I want, all my business issues will be solved. I'll be happy. I'll be peaceful. And that could probably not be farther from the truth. <laughs> truth, <laughs> that is seriously so oh, true. More clients, more problems. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously, no, that needs to be put on a shirt. Yes. <laughs> Different problem. It's, no one tells you that when you sign up for entrepreneurship, that solving problems is your main job. And yeah. if no one else to solve them, 
except for you. When I think to add to that, no one else tells you that when you start your journey of entrepreneurship or your business, that you're about to open a fire hose of like self-awareness directly straight to your face. And it's something that can make and break business owners or wait, make or break business owners. And it's something I've dealt with. I know you have. I talk to a lot of people who have gone through that kind of roller coaster of emotions of imposter syndrome, self-doubt, all of that. And really like self-awareness is absolutely key to understanding and going deeper for your business problems, for your own problems. And so this episode, we're really going to talk about getting to the root of the business problems, the issues, the woes, and just have a conversation about some of the practices that we use to identify and solve the problems in our business so that one, you don't get completely ran into a wall of burnout, but you have a lot of support around you to maintain the momentum that you're building. Yeah, I completely agree. I consider myself a personal and business development junkie. Like I'm here for it. Show me all my scars and let's heal them. But I was like, this is another level. Like I do yoga and you get to the deep shit with that, but this is another level. I just made our podcast explicit. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It'll make it more interesting. (laughs) But yeah, you get some deep stuff. And I think it's so easy as a especially when you're a solopreneur and you're doing everything to get caught up. I know this sounds cliche, but get caught up in that hustle and bustle and getting stuck in doing mode and not ever taking a step back to pause so that you could be self-aware. And if you're always like skimming on that level then and you're never going deeper, then you're going to just get just stuck in this cycle and be treading water basically where you're at and constantly being reactive to issues rather than proactive to issues. This was one thing too, that I definitely, I had a great mentor when I was back in the corporate world and she was a big proponent of white space. She would always say, you need to create white space so that you can Mm -hmm. take the time to plan. I worked at a retail store, but she would make us work from home the first two hours of our week to carve out that white space so that we could look at our numbers from the past couple of weeks, think about what happened in our businesses last week and identify what was working, what didn't work, how did we feel? And then from that self-awareness, you're able to take it and figure out the most aligned way of moving forward. Yeah. I think that is such a great practice. I don't know if a lot of corporate entities do that, but I also, and I would say they probably don't because you have so many business owners that are now existing independently and they're launching and they're not looking at numbers or they're putting out new offers and they're not selling something. And then they immediately go and make a new one and they do all of these things, but all they have to do is pause and look back and get a little analytical, get a little reflective into the process. And if they only had that practice or somebody telling them like, Hey, this part of reflection is Probably the most important thing when things are not going well, when you want to do better, anything, whatever that looks like, if you just have that pause, it gives you so much clarity. It's so powerful. 
Yeah, I agree. The magic is definitely in the debrief <laughs> all the time. And I like to look at both quantitative. I know we're both fan of using data to make our decisions in our business. I'm a numbers girl. So are you, mm -hmm. but also qualitative data because you also want to, and that's how you find the balance of that masculine and feminine energy in your business is that you're balancing that masculine numbers with also, but like, how did it make you feel when you were doing yes. this? Or did you feel excited doing this? Because that's, what's going to keep you going for long, but really digging into the numbers can help you not like I don't know. I've been in part of so many launches where like the numbers don't are in part of a launch actually right now that is going on. <laughs> the numbers are, this has, this person has a phenomenal community. Like they show up the conversion rates when I are like out of this world. Like we're used to seeing 30% sales page conversion rates, which is crazy <laughs> in any other world. And for this one, we are seeing 13% conversion rates on the sales mm. page. We still had a hundred people buy. But this client was like, oh, maybe, maybe this offer is just not a good offer. We should get rid of it. I'm like, there are a hundred people buy it. You're <laughs> that means your offer is validated. If a hundred people have bought your offer, it is validated. Now let's back up through the sales process and see where things are getting a little off. And we were able to see that it was a little bit, it was the messaging on our sales page. That was where people were getting off. So we go, we tweak that for next go around, but do not throw your offer out if your numbers are numbering. Mm. I've had a client, I've also seen people where they'll launch and they're expecting these big numbers because on online, we're told we can have seven figure launches in 14 days, which is not with 10 people in your audience. <laughs> yeah. And they'll launch and they'll have a small email list, but all of their conversion rates, all of their open rates, all of their click rates, everything is above industry standard. And I'm like, that's a win in your book because yeah. you're performing don't throw and, but they'll throw the offer out. I'm like, no, don't throw the offer out. The offer's good. Your funnel's even great. Your funnel is working. The machine is working how it should be. You just have to feed it more. Like you just have yeah. to feed it more. And that's usually, I don't know, but that's normally the number one thing that I see is that like everything is working fine, but it's just feed the funnel a little bit more. And yeah, there's two layers before any launch that I go in with my clients. The first layer, super analytical. I will pull, I think it's a calculator that you gave me. It's like, I will pull all of my numbers, put in our average conversion rates, top of funnel sales page numbers, all of those things. And I will say, okay, realistically, if you maintain traffic or got this many people here, this is the sales results that we're expecting, like realistically. But then from a more of an emotional side of things, I always dive into something that with my clients where I say, we need to know emotionally what is enough, what is enough in our eyes, because a 30% conversion rate on a sales page, phenomenal people would pay a million dollars for that secret formula. But for someone that maybe has a little bit of perfectionism or a layer of something in the emotional side, if they don't have the defined enough in their business, you're going to keep chasing. You're going to keep chasing and pushing and burning things down and rebuilding and doing all of this when ultimately there's two levels to it. You can look at the data, say, Hey, we're on track beyond track or, and then two say, 
I'm good. I'm really good with this. Let's celebrate this because this is really powerful. I think those are the two things that I always do with my clients because it's so impactful. Yeah, I I love that. I love that being proactive before. We definitely have now debriefed after and been like, okay, so we know that the numbers are going to come and that perfectionism, I have healthy perfectionism, unhealthy perfectionism myself, but we know that the numbers are going to come and you feel so exposed. And if it's not what you thought you were expecting, or if you get any inkling that this is not going right because you're so exposed during a launch, then you're going to shut down, which is what happened in this launch. So let's be proactive next time and record the stories ahead of time so that you don't have to feeling energetically aligned by that launch that you can still keep showing up and you're not like sabotaging yourself. But that's when like reflection, we wouldn't got any of those, I guess, being able to pull out any of those like action items if we didn't take the time to stop and reflect. She would have thrown the whole offer that sold a hundred and made $50,000 in her business this week away. And I'm like, those are phenomenal results. We're not throwing those away. This is working. There's just a couple of tweaks that we need to do. And I think that's why maintaining a growth mindset. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but it's by Carolyn Dweck. Everything is an experimentation. Yeah. Everything skill you can learn. There's always room for an improvement and like fail forward in your business. And that is all I have to say about why self <laughs> so important in your business, but if you have something to add, go ahead. I think you said it really well. It's so powerful. And I want to add something to the hilariousness of the online space because it's, you know how they always say on TikTok to live delusional and be delusional. There's a lot of delusional people, healthy and unhealthy in the online space where they're saying like, push forward with this and you'll get a hundred thousand dollars and all of those things. And I think that the tech, like the, not the literal, what is the word that I'm trying to say? The analytical side of things where if you quite literally approached it and it doesn't take any like energy out of it. I used to have a client that would say, I can't look at numbers because it kills my energy. I'm like, I feel like it should support your energy because you can look at it. You can have more confidence. You can do a lot with it, but when you're not looking at your numbers, you can get that comparisonitis where you're like, oh, they just said I had to have high vibes and good energy. And I would have made a hundred thousand dollars and it's okay. Let's work back into it. I think that's fascinating. And I think that's something that's always going to be, we're going to be very transparent about on this show is like the delusion, (laughs) the unhealthy delusion of the online space. Cause it's, because it's not, yeah, it's not fun to talk. I felt, and it can be fun. I think it can be fun. But it's as someone that's working in this space and very versed in it now, it's like now when I see someone like spit out a revenue number and I'm like, yeah, but what was the, I'm not interested in revenue. I want to know profit. I want to know conversion. Like I want to know, those are the real win behind the numbers because I want to know the deeper story. I actually just had a, a thread convo with somebody about this. And I'm like, anyone who's really throwing out like those income claim marketing and Mm. you might feel different to me, income claim marketing claims is probably trying to sell you like hot garbage because like they need to understand and go different. So I had a little back and forth because I know not everyone agrees with me on that. And like income claim marketing, I guess might be useful. I don't personally like to use it in my business because there's so many caveats like this. I just shared how much this client makes, but like she has worked years to build that. Yeah. It wasn't like, and my client 
implemented my five-step launch plan and she made $50,000 in one week. No, like we've been working together for years to build this up to this point. And that's what a lot of those like 60 second TikToks will tell you. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like- no, I need to add to this because literally <laughs> okay, I, like, I had- a whole other thing. I know. The other thing is that I'm bringing in this back end. <laughs> okay. Literally, I made an Instagram post the other day about this, but I didn't post it. It's quite fascinating. But it was the conversation in my head that I can't claim my clients' income successes. There was a component of it that I supported, which was their email list and their email strategy. But if I personally, and this is where I get really bothered by the people that are like, I made, or my client made X amount of money, blah, 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 blah. There's so many layers to it. Like my clients aren't solopreneurs. They have teams, they have OBMs, they have copywriters, they have me, they have all of these different people who are meeting very frequently to ensure the success of a launch. And if I put out a marketing promotional post saying one of my clients made $150,000 the other day on her launch, I'm proud of her, right? Like her win is my win, but I can't claim that I made my client $150,000. That's just not reality. Is it clickbaity? Yeah, totally. But I think there's a layer to it that is like the integrity and the values of how you run your business. And any person who is strategic in a business like you or like me can understand that because I participated, I supported the dream and the result, but I ultimately like my existence didn't generate that $150,000. It's her authority online. It's her confidence, her messaging, the consistency that she's built. So I, Oh, put that thread. Cause I want to go off that on that thread. <laughs> Post for that post, and I will definitely tag you. I actually haven't been on threads. That's a whole nother story about how that was like. Either. But anyway, I feel like we can have a conversation about threads and the Barbie movie and like what they did right with that with Barbie and what they are doing wrong with threads for retention. Anyway, things that are happening a lot. I'm I constantly analyze operations marketing everywhere I go. It's a good thing. Okay, back to the topic. So we're talking about getting to the root cause. So I want to in. The problem is if you don't identify the root cause, you're going to stay stuck and you're going to probably make some bad investments and you're going to probably waste a lot of time. And that's why it's so important today and that we want to talk to you about not like how to get to that. But we also want to talk about some of the symptoms or some of the common things that we see when people do get stuck and why they're getting stuck and not finding the root cause. And so one of those is stuck in in Dumu, which we just talked about a lot, is it's really important to carve out that space so that you can self-reflect. I recommend a weekly, at least 30 minutes doing like a reflection on last week. I love seasonal, I call them seasonal resets. You can call them quarterly planning meetings, but that sounds too corporate for me. As a chance to just take a minute and like one, because we don't do this enough as entrepreneurs, celebrate everything that you did the last three months. I did it like two times where I would do this whole blog post of celebrating like of my quarterly recap. And it's mm-hmm. like, I could not believe how much I did in freaking three months by myself as a little solo entrepreneur. One, the seasonal resets give you a chance to re-celebrate or celebrate what you've done so far, but also reconnect to your core values. So I love to revisit like what 
my core values and my priorities and where am I, am I carving up enough health and wellness is a, it's a core value of mine. Am I carving up enough time for that? If not, that's where we can go like root cause, but those sort of things. And then reprioritizing for the future. So I think carving out those seasonal reset days, carving out, we talked about annual planning time, all of these little planning, having a plan to plan. I did do a post about this the other day is here's my plan to plan. And it's like, (laughs) I'm going to plan on, I'm planning on weekly. I'm planning daily, weekly, quarterly, and annually at this point. Um, and And I'm basically that's, and really when I start to implement these in my clients, they're like, Whoa, like it's so much different now that I'm having a proactive approach to my business rather than like constantly like just showing up and like squashing emergencies and trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah. So, in- your laptop and for the most part, no things shift, but for the most part, know what you're doing each day. Yeah. One of the non-negotiables in my coaches, like the way that she does it with us, our planning process is to designate rest days to like literally put in there. I am resting. I am taking this time off. And what's fascinating is that I personally resist rest. I don't know how to chill. That's just not (laughs) a default setting that it gets overrided every time. But every single time I've ever gone on vacation and actually slowed down and got out of do mode, I come back with so many ideas and this like revitalization of like life and everything and for business. So I think that's important, especially if you're going to be intentionally planning is like to plan your rest in there as well. I love that as well. We also just talked about data, not emotions. Was there anything you had to add about data as a numbers girl? Yeah. Don't let it kill your vibe. Cause it's, I always say it's the microscope of your business that if you literally look at your, and I do this thing with my clients who AB test all my clients, AB test, but I do this with my clients who AB test where I'm saying, okay, we're running this test and I'm like, I want to know what your assumption is. What is your assumption that your audience is going to behave off of this? And it takes these emotions that people have where it's like, I send this because my audience likes this. And it's, is that a fact or is that an assumption that you have? And then we run the test and put it out there. And then whatever the actual response was, we reflect on it. We're like, did you expect your audience to do this? Or, oh my gosh, they behaved completely opposite of how you thought they were going to behave. And it's a way to bridge the like emotions, like the actions that are driven based off of emotions and actions that are driven based off of data and kind of bridge it together. And what I've noticed is that it helps my clients with confidence in their like messaging and just like no longer just be like still energetically be doing what you want to do, but have that like subconscious layer of, Ooh, I know this is going to do well, which is then going to reboost them and give them more energy. And yeah. So I think there's so many layers to it. If you're not an analytical person, don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Cause it'll tell you so much. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So I think another issue that we both have seen our mm. clients do is delegating responsibility. Does that ever happen to you? 
Yes. Uh, So many times I started putting this in my onboarding paperwork. It's a boundary, I think, where I say, I can't care more than you care about your business. Even though I do care a lot about your business, I need you to care more. I think that's one of the biggest, I don't know, downfalls or like roadblocks, bottlenecks, I guess, if we want to call it that, where people will think, oh, I'm not good at this, or I don't want to do this anymore. And people always say outsource, outsource what doesn't bring you joy. But if it's something that's like really crucial, the message of the brand or the visibility of the business, you cannot outsource that because that's your passion. These people are buying from like you and they're buying from your energy. And so when you think, oh, I'll just hire someone to do that for me. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes because you can't out. That's not, that's not a successful delegation. What has been your experience with it? Yeah. I feel like there's delegating and then there's dumping. And I think successful, successful delegation is the person still bought into being responsible for it, but maybe you're the accountable one for getting, making sure that happens, but ultimately the success of their business they're responsible for that. I think if that you do get to a point where you want to step back and let your team run things, a good workaround and have them be a little more responsible is to offer some sort of bonus or incentive structure mm. to them. That's why corporations do it. Every corporation I've ever worked for has, a, has had a bonus or incentive structure. And that's simply because if there is not any as much as I want my clients to be successful, no one's going to work as hard as you for your business success, because at the end of the day, it's like we need to survive. So tying some sort of incentive can help drive a little bit more responsibility if you are wanting to take a step back, but that's only after you have done all of the foundational work of setting up like you know, establishing your brand, establishing your message, your community and stuff like that, then you can start outsourcing some of the responsibilities in your business. But yeah, I had someone the other day be like, I don't want to come to these weekly calls. And I'm like, (laughs) but we need you here because we need your input ultimately. And ultimately it's your business. We have our own businesses that we're... I would say, Paul, I'm going to add one more thing so I don't derail it, but I'm going to add, like, I think one of the things that has evolved in me as a business owner is turning down people who I feel that energy from on the get, like from the initial ones of, oh, I'm like a little bit of desperation. I'm not making sales. So I need to hire you so that I can do this. That has been my biggest like red flag for clients where I'm like, I think you should focus on your messaging, your like, sales, like all of your, like the things that are going to help me be successful before you ever sign a contract with me, I need you to work on this. And that's been this big evolution that I know as baby business owners, it's hard to do when you have somebody that's like literally ready to throw their money at you. But if you look at it from a place of like, where's their energy coming from? Is this to efficient, like to make something more efficient in their business? Or is it to fill a non-successful hole, I guess, like a hole that's, oh, I'm not making sales. I'm not doing this, like coming from a place of desperation. It's one of the things that I don't know a lot of people talk about in 
the online space, being able to turn down a client confidently because you're like, I can't care more about this. You need to figure it. This is not your answer. Okay. So now that we've talked about some of the common symptoms that we see when people are skimming over the root cause and some of the issues that could cause, I wanted to talk about a kind of technique that I like to use or go back to whenever I identify a root cause of my business. And that is the five whys. And it's really easy. It's basically just asking why until you get to, you might need more than five of them, but until you get to the root cause of your problem. So that you're not just slapping a bandaid on it or kind of throwing the baby out with bathwater when you see a, when you see a problem. So the first thing, the first step That's is saying you know, <laughs> throw the baby out with bathwater. I don't know. That's the third time I've said it today. Why? I don't know why. What's manifesting in your life? (laughs) Why are we throwing babies out Out of the bathwater? I don't know. I'm going to look at the origin of that. (laughs) I don't even know where that came from. I probably picked that up. That doesn't sound like anything a New Orleans person would say. So I did not get that from me. What TV show did I watch with? (laughs) The first thing is a challenge. Do we want to do a challenge we're currently facing? Ooh, coaching. Yeah, let me see. Let me try to think of a challenge. I don't know. You go first. I'm blanking. I'm like, okay, I got tons of problems. You be the coach. So I'm going to be the problem. Okay. So I think the problem that I used earlier is like, I'm doing my seasonal reset and I identified that I am not, my problem is that I am not going to, and this is not a business problem necessarily, but it does affect my business because how I show up for my clients is not going to my yoga classes consistently. I'm not being able to make them. Why? Because I am working too many hours. Why? I've thought about this before. So it might not come as fast, but like I'm working too many hours because I have, there is a certain income goal that is my enough number that Mm. I have to work this many hours to meet that enough number that I set for myself. So. Does that, is that the end of the, no, keep asking why, so why, 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 okay. So then I might've messed this up, but basically my why is I'm working too many hours. Why am I working Mm -hmm. too many hours? Because I'm not charging Mm -hmm. enough because I, there's an income goal that I need, but I'm not charging enough to be able to make the amount of revenue that I need to bring in to support my life and my family Mm. by working this many hours. So why am I not charging enough? That would yeah. be the next one. So why am I charging enough? I'm currently booked out with clients and I have a couple of clients that I need to raise their rates, but I haven't done it yet. Why not? Because I'm scared and I have imposter <laughs> issues. Okay. Oh, yeah. why? That's good. I, I, I have my problem. Okay. But if I didn't go that deep, let's start out. Like at first I might, I could have just thought it was like a time management problem. And then maybe I'm like over here in a course on how to manage my time better. Like I could have went off straight then, like by getting to the root cause of, I am not doing this because I'm scared. I'm having imposter syndrome. I can either look at myself in the face and be like, you need to charge more money and just man up and do it. Or if I really can't work through that on my own, then I can make a smart investment of finding a coach that can help talk me through why I'm having issues 
right, right, right. So I feel like going through this helps you like identify where you're going astray and like what kind of support, if you do need to bring support in, bring it into your business. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. So good. Okay. Do you want to do you? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's do mine. So I have built and created a very beautiful online product, but it is sitting in my desktop and nobody has seen it. Why is it sitting? Why has no one seen it and sitting in your desktop? Oh, I think nobody would be interested in it. And I am, there's two layers. I'm busy. I'm too busy. And right now my life is a bit chaotic. So I have not launched it. Okay. So we can either go both ways and maybe you do Mm -hmm. like your wise breakout. So like, why do you think no one would buy it? Or why is it that you think no one would buy it? It feels too nuanced and I don't have the validation of my audience to that. It's something of interest. Then why don't you have the validation of your audience? Cause I haven't told them about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that could be it right there. It's go tell them about it. Send out a survey, prove your, uh, prove it if it's right or not. Like there, I think go. we can go further and it's why haven't I told you them could. about it? Cause I'm terrified for and it to buy you terrified. Mm. Cause I, you know, it's very fascinating. It's not part of the exercise. I guess it is. My logic is that I think that my success comes with me attached to my offers, not them doing it themselves with my knowledge. So I keep telling myself, I need to help them. I need to help them. And so I'm afraid of somebody taking it and doing it and not getting the result that they would get if I just walked them through it. Mm. Right. That's my problem. So I think one, I think this is showing me two things too. It's like, it's showing you like, you're probably always going to come to a, like a mindset block that's blocking Mm -hmm. you. But then I also think like that one layer above the mindset block is giving you your next step that you just need to push forward through. Like you're going to get to the edge and things are going to feel uncomfortable. Whenever you are trying to grow, you're going to get to that edge. And it's always, it's probably always, don't want to make that blanket statement. It's always a mindset thing. Probably if you really get to the root cause of it, that's causing it. But that layer right before is going to tell you the one thing that you need to do to push through and get that, to push through that problem. Totally. No, I feel that. My favorite, which brings me to my favorite thing of getting things done is if you've never read the book, the one thing love it but basically I'll summarize it for you right now it's like for everything you're wanting to accomplish in your business is how you prioritize what's the one thing that by doing so would make everything else easier or unnecessary mm, I just keep adding that to my book list that sounds so good but that literally that's that's pretty much the gist of the book you probably don't need to read it no it, it's really good <laughs> I use a lot of what he talks about spark notes working my cousin but like your spark notes version is What's the one thing that by doing so would make everything else unnecessary or easier? Because I think a lot of times when we see people stuck in do mode or throwing things out, I don't want to say it again, 
throwing things out the window <laughs> with the baby. Throw the baby out the window. <laughs> See people throwing things out or getting stuck in do mode. It's because they're getting to that edge of like their uncomfortableness, right? And there's a mindset block that they need to, and there's one thing that they need to do to break through it. But you can think of 50 other things above the surface that you would need to do. But the one thing that you need to do that would make everything else easier and necessary, it's probably going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to have to break through that mm. uncomfortability to be able to expand into that next area of growth. Do it scared. That's what I always tell myself. Do it scared. Do it scared. Do it doesn't it matter. Scared. Do it scared. So I think the, this is a jam packed episode of lots of things, but I think the one thing that if you take away from this episode is that we would love to do for you, whoever's listening (laughs) to do the why challenge on yourself. I think set aside 20 minutes, 30 minutes of self-reflection, identify a problem, I personally like journaling. I think my brain to mouth connection is eh, but my brain to like hand more comes out, more subconscious junk comes out. So whatever you choose, whether it's to say it out loud to yourself or journal it out, find a problem, ask yourself at least five whys and really come down into identifying the root cause of your current problem I think it'd be fascinating to see what you come out with. Yes, I think it would be very fascinating. You could definitely share, comment down below in our, isn't that called comments in podcast or? I don't know if you have comments in podcasts. Reviews? Leave a review. Le- email a review. us. We need to make an email for this podcast. Let us know on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> It'll be linked in the show notes. Let us know on Instagram if you feel comfortable what you come up with your root cause. And if this helped you, we would love to know. And until next week, we're, we're rooting, rooting for, for you. you. <laughs>